Welcome to the Madam Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Giselle Arney. I'm a sports medicine physician with a passion for teaching and a mission to support other women with careers in this space. On this show, you'll hear the stories from amazing women in their field of sport and athletics. They'll share their journeys, triumphs, and hardships in order to help and inspire you in your own career and life. Thanks for joining us. Let's do this. On today's episode, I'm talking to the Senior Director of Special Projects for Athletes Unlimited, Nicole Pollock, about knowing when to pivot. Nicole is a global brand marketing expert who has fashioned a career throughout the world of sports. Currently, she's the Senior Director of Special Projects at Athletes Unlimited, a new venture in professional sports leagues. Nicole is a former D1 athlete who brings her athlete mindset and a tenacious and competitive spirit to her work. Interested in the psychology of business, Nicole got her MBA in marketing and management and combined that with her love of sports to create an incredible career journey, working with sports foundations, professional teams, consulting, and her most recent position with Athletes Unlimited. We talk about the art of pivoting in your career and when it's time to jump to the next thing, the importance of listening to yourself and showing up as your own authentic self, and getting scrappy, staying open, and refusing to give up. Hi, Nicole. I'm so excited to talk to you today and have you share your story on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. This is really fun. Uh, you were We were connected through a mutual friend, Daphne Scott, who I am still recruiting to be on the podcast. Daphne, if you're listening, ahem. Uh, so I'm just thrilled. Podcast. She is my favorite human. Yes. And I need to have her on. I'll peer pressure her as well. Perfect. <laughs> That's how we get this podcast done, everyone. <laughs> just so you know, it's all twisting elbows, um, <laughs> breaking arms. We're just, you know, do what you got to do. So, Nicole, I like to start everyone kind of asking about the beginning, their educational journey. And I know that you, um, in undergrad, you got your degree in psychology with a minor in marketing, but then you went back to get your MBA in marketing and management. So it seems like that really struck your fancy. And I'm just curious, as you were getting started out in the world in college and with grad school, like, what were you thinking back then of what your career would look like, of what you were hoping to see? It definitely would not have been where I am now. Um, Probably like most college students, I was like, I'm going to do criminal law and criminal psychology. And then I got injured in college. I played division one water polo um, and I had my first surgery and I was like, I want to get into orthopedic surgery. And my surgeon at the time was like, you don't want to go to school for that. Like, it's just so long. Like, what do you want to do with your life? Like, don't you want to like jump right into the world? And I still had my pulse in psychology, found it interesting, but then kind of stumbled upon business. We were a top business school um, and got really intrigued by it. And this is at the time, you know, way before sport entertainment kind of intersected Um, and kind of got really intrigued by the psychology of business. Um, And my first job out of college ended up being at MTV Networks. Um, And truth be told, the reason why I went back was they paid for it. And I also had a year (laughs) of eligibility. So I played and worked and got my MBA, but it was probably like one of, you know, the most 
awesome experiences of my life. When I look back, I'm like, God, how did I do that? But when I kind of like have to like pause and reflect, no way did I think what I did then or kind of like where I was weaving back and forth through would land me to where I am today. I love it. I mean, I think for most folks who listen to this podcast on the regular know that I just love a twisty, turny, zigzaggy career journey. And (laughs) yes. And just to hear, you know, this was an opportunity that I followed because like, yeah, sure. I was interested in this and that was pretty cool. But also like, you know what? Somebody else paid for it. So I said, what the hell? (laughs) Let's go. And then I had this extra year of eligibility to play my sport. And there can be all these really interesting reasons that put us on our path that stumble that we stumble upon something that happens to be an amazing fit and that happens to be something incredible for us that wasn't necessarily that we knew it since we were five years old and that's right. cool and that's okay I look back and I was like if I was like no I'm working full-time I live in Bay Ridge Brooklyn I'm working in Times Square like oh, I have to go to practice like there was so many reasons I could have like said no And I'm happy that I literally didn't even think twice. And I feel like the older you get, sometimes you over-evaluate or like analyze things. Like back then I was still in that college mentality where I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Um, So I I was definitely happy that I did that. I love that. I think that's completely true as we get older and a little more set in our ways and a little bit more cautious. And it can be harder to just say, yeah, let's give this a whirl. That's hysterical. I feel like I need to think about that more on a personal level and wonder where am I holding myself back because I don't have that same, sure, let's go give this a whirl. That's so fast. Okay. I'm like stuck in my own head now thinking about (laughs) thinking about this. But when I was in college, I did a semester abroad uh, at St. Andrews in Scotland. And it legitimately was because a I was taking an English class, like an upper level English. I had a minor in English. I was taking this upper level class and a kid in the class had spent a semester in Scotland at a different university that I went to, um, ended up going to. And he was just like, you know what? It was awesome. And I was like, yeah, sounds awesome. I should do that. And that's literally the only thought process that was me deciding to do a semester abroad was that kid said it was awesome. And it sounds awesome. Let's go. And he went to Scotland and I was like, yeah, all right. Scotland sounds fun. Let's go. (laughs) Trust me. There are times I like get in my own way that I, I feel like if we had more of that mentality in life, no matter what it was trying a new sport or a new activity or asking for that promotion or, you know, doing something completely like out of your realm. Like if we were just if we had somebody in our ear just saying, like, it's awesome, just do it, yes. um, I think it would change our our perspective and get us into things that we never would have. And it would open our eyes being like, wow, I'm actually really good at doing this and lead down an entirely different path for the better. Ah, yes, I had an amazing experience and I counted as one of the really important things that I did in college overall. Yeah. And I did a lot. I was just like you, like doing a lot, you know, and, but man, all right, I'm going to, we're going to have some personal reflection on this folks. You should think about it too. But I feel like this has just gotten into, I wrote this down. We're going to have to come back to this. Amazing. Okay. So initial plans had some changes because 
you know what? Hey, this was awesome. Let's go give this a whirl. Let's do this. And as we look through your career, like we've talked about the zigzag and you've got, you are zigzag all over the place, but you also, with all the things you've done, most all of them have some sort of sports reference. It's either directly working for a team, working for event promotions for New York Rangers, working for the Women's Sports Foundation, um, working for Chicago Wolves. Legitimately, like so much here revolves around sports. And I wonder if that was on purpose, if that was part of once you went back for that MBA and you said, hey, I could do this. This really fits my passion, what I'm interested in, the psychology of business. Plus, I'm an athlete. Or was that happy accident? Um, a little bit of both. I grew up around sports. My parents were athletes. We were involved in all sports, grew up in Chicago. So huge sports town. Um, and it just was something I was always very passionate about. And the older I got, the more I was very into like what makes like teams and leagues tick. Um, because when you look at it from a broader perspective, sports is a common language, you know, between people. If you are on the same team, you can, you know, if you're a Yankees fan, you hate the Red Sox. And, you know, the person next to you, though, could be a Yankees fan, but you can have something related, you know, related to them or something not at all where you can be, you know, a grown man and it could be a little girl and you could be like, different paths of your career, but sport and the love of a team or an athlete can bring you together. So that was something that always um, was a passion point of mine. And my, like I said, my first job was MTV and I did advertising sales and I liked it and I was good at it. And my boss was like, go over to the buying side and kind of explore this world. And I was like, no, if I'm going to do anything, like it's in sports, because I want to see if I love it as much as I think I do. So I kind of was on this mission of getting to the sport side in some way, shape or form. And I was so intent of doing it that when I look back, I'm like, God, if I just let go a little bit and let things like happen naturally, it would have evolved there. But I almost like forced it a little bit in the beginning. And truth be told, I hated it. And it took me a little bit to kind of like get back around like that zigzaggingness to realize I love sports and there's different ways to touch it. Um, so even kind of getting to that end result of sports was a zigzag in itself. Go figure. No, I think that's really interesting. And um, on so many levels, right? Sometimes you just you've set a goal for yourself. This is what I want to do. And you just push it and push it and push it. And you don't always stop and go, but is this working for me? Like, do I actually love it? Was this just this idea that I had in my head? And there's only one right way to do this. And that's what I'm going after. But actually, maybe if I relaxed a little and opened my eyes to see there's so many different ways to be involved in sports at that professional level, like as a profession for yourself, um, and then find one that you are happy with, that you love, that you can be excited for and enjoy. And social media wasn't like huge then. And some of these like different types of jobs, I mean, granted, advertising sales, 
you know, that wasn't something even in business school that people were saying, go after it was accounting, it was finance, you know, like, it was kind of like those very staple traditional jobs. Um, but the more that I kind of like bounced around, you know, the next path was that women's sports foundation and it was awesome, but it was scrappy and gritty and nonprofit, you know, and not the glitz and glam, you know, all the things that you thought like, I'm going to be on the sidelines, you know, of an NFL game or, you know, shaking hands with Peyton Manning. So it took a while to kind of see like what really is involved. And it's usually like some of the best jobs I've had have been the behind the scenes, like building it, strategizing it and bringing it to life and not so much the glitz and glam of being on the sidelines. Like I initially thought. It's really funny to of sort of what you assume a job will be like <laughs> versus what it really is. Yeah. And, you know, I, as a team physician, I would often have med students and res uh, residents on the sidelines with me covering a game. And they would want to just jump out anytime there's an injury, like, oh my God, I got to run onto the field. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I'd have to grab the back of a kid's shirt once. I'm like, that's not our job. The athletic trainer is the first responder on the field. They go out and assess the athlete. If they need us, they'll call us over. But like, that's literally their turf. And that's not what we do. And it's such a interesting thing to kind of see once you're in that work and in that world that it's just not all pretty and it's not all you the center of attention you on the sideline you under the big lights meeting all the important people it's it's driving under the casino to like through the trash stank smell under the casino to go cover the Connecticut sun and it's it's just such an interesting dichotomy of what you think it's going to be and what the work really is. A hundred percent. And we tell a lot of people that come in like for interviews, like it's nights, it's weekends. And sometimes people are like shocked to hear that. And it's like, but when are the games? <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing for entertainment or it's, you know, the, you know, the preseason for NFL, like you're grinding it out in the summer. If you wanted to work in baseball, like, you're grinding out a long, long set of games, like those homestands. So yes. again, when you, when you think about it, sometimes like they're like, Oh, but I work for the Yankees. And I've had friends in baseball who are like, it's a grind. I mean, to work all of those games in baseball. And then sometimes in the heat of the summer or the rain of spring. So again, it, it has its moments and I wouldn't trade it for the world, but there is a, a side to it that, um, you almost like pay your dues to say you work in sports. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about your sort of zigzag journey and trying to find that right fit with sports and you have done inc like incredible things, had a lot of different jobs in different arenas, learned a ton of skills. And I know that they have all built together. Um, and I just curious, so I have, I had a student who was in the Women's Career Transformation Academy, and she was, which is the program that I put on for uh, early career women working in sports. Um, and so she had been in her job for a, less than a year, and she just already knew it wasn't a good fit. It wasn't serving her. She wasn't being supported. They had offered her like certain team coverage, and then they didn't actually let her cover those teams. And she was like really frustrated 
But she felt what was holding her back was that she was afraid to look for another job so early because, right, it had been less than a year that she'd been there. And she was afraid it would look bad on her resume. She was afraid that it wouldn't, like, look good. And that was holding her back. And ultimate story, she ended up, we worked through that, got through some mindset, and she has found a new job. She's loving it. She's being supported. And it's wonderful. But I think a lot of people have this sort of thought holding them back when they're at a new job that is just not quite the right fit and that they have to be there for some magical three years, like some long period of time to be on the resume. And I know that for uh, plenty of your positions, you're there for a year, two years and moved on and you have done incredible things and had incredible jobs. And so I was just wondering what has been your experience and like what advice maybe you have about knowing when it's time to go ahead and change your job, even if you have not been there for 10 years or something ridiculous. Right. I mean, this is, I like, I almost like roll my eyes, like when I hear things like this, because it's like the elephant in the room. There's been times I've been on interviews and it's like, people kind of want to say like, Hey, it's like, so what's going on with your resume? <laughs> and I look at, there's been times somebody has interviewed me and they've been at the same company for 13 years. Now, yes, granted, they've been promoted and, you know, have, have moved up the ladder within that um, agency or, you know, corporation. And I sit there and I'm like, you spent 13 years there. Like, you don't know what it's like on the outside. Like, what are other companies doing? How do other people work? Like what, you know, different brands or teams have you touched? And I love learning. Um, I've been lucky that so the, the crazier stint on my resume, I was a consultant and that was probably the best thing. It was the scariest thing. I didn't know if I wanted to do that, but it allowed me to finish up contracts and go from one thing to the next from a brand to an agency to a team to a league to touch operations to production to strategy you know to account management so it really made me stay on my toes and stay fresh and it allowed me to be open to learning and i couldn't go into you know an agency and say well i don't do it this way like i had to adapt um, and evolve, which that was probably like a second MBA that I got when doing consulting. So whether it's I'm not really feeling this job and I know it's not for me, or if it's a, I don't know if I like this long term, you know, path that I'm on. I'm all about shaking it up. I mean, obviously, trust me, my mother would sit there and be like, Nicole, what are you doing? Because <laughs> It's not promise. And you, you know, I live in New York. My parents are in Chicago. And again, kind of had that naive, like, I'll figure it out. Like, yes. It helps me with like the hustling and the networking and being brave. And, you know, if there's anyone out there that they're saying somebody is telling me I need to stay here five years, or if somebody is critiquing my resume, I sit there and say, but are you going to live their life and, and those results? Like, you want somebody who's going to champion you. Now, yes, if you're somewhere for six months and then six months and then six months and it's the same kind of industry or you're not really figuring it out, I would say take pause. But if you know right out of the get-go that this isn't what you signed up for, why, why be miserable? Like, do you figure it out? I mean, that's the one thing, again, sports and, you know, 
age have taught me. It's you need to kind of sit there and be yourself and be authentic, but don't worry what anyone else says. Because at the end of the day, you have those consequences that you're going to have to live with. And if you sit there with like a lot of what ifs, or if you sit there being miserable, I mean, I, I sit there and say, I would rather do what I did. And I've had people critique my, my jumping around or being, you know, consultant or not quote unquote laying roots somewhere. And I'm like, but I'm okay with what I did. Cause look at what I touched. Like I've done NBA all-star and live nation concerts. And I've worked with the NFL and the NBA, like some of those things that I did were so amazing and so impactful. And if I sat somewhere, I would have never had those opportunities to do that. So kind of like in the beginning where I just like did what I did, people say I'm a jumper. I kind of encourage people who are listening to this podcast who are toying with what they want to do is just kind of like jump, like do it and and see what happens. And if it's the wrong decision, you have the power to change it again and be like, all right, well, I took this chance. It wasn't for me. I can go back to the career I wanted, or I can go back into the industry that I was already in. I love it. It's really scary for some people, for a lot of us. I mean, for everyone to go, all right, this is what I know. This is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I've done, but let me just jump and try something new or try something different or try just in a different atmosphere, the same work, but with a different company that has a different operating, like, focus and see what new things that I can learn. And I think that, you know, for some people being at the same institution for 30 years is what is going to serve them well. And that's what they want. And that is totally fine. No shade. (laughs) But I also think like, don't let being afraid Mm. stop you from trying new things and exploring. And I love how you said you, if you changed it once, you can change it again. If it turns out that wasn't the right move, right. guess what? You can make another one. I've made a lot of mistakes and I've done a lot of pivoting. I've become the master of pivoting. Um, I've embraced no's. I have fallen on my knees more times than you can count. But I am stubborn. Um, I thank my father for that. But I'm stubborn. And I will run through that same wall until I figure it out. Um, and again, I get it. Some people aren't, you know, they don't have that kind of makeup. And some people are like, hey, like, I just want to go to work, do my job, go home and like, enjoy my life. That I don't judge that. I'm the type of person who I dislike complacency. I don't like feeling like confined or I'm doing the same thing over and over. But also like my, I'm very passionate about the work that I do. So I don't sit there and do the nine to five and check the boxes. So that's why I'm a little bit more of like that risk taker because I would drive myself crazy if I was just like, okay, just do this, go home, have that life. And trust me, my parents have said that to me. They're like, Nicole, they would love that for you. <laughs> literally, they're like, Nicole, some people just go to work and then have their life after work. Like you don't have to bring your life into your work. But I do because I enjoy what I do and I'm passionate and um, it kind of bleeds through, you know, my my personal life and my, you know, my personal and professional kind of go back and forth. Um, But, yeah, I'm all about saying, you know what, like I'm going to trip and fall, but I'm going to learn from it and just, you know, 
I kind of have come to that point where I'm not embarrassed anymore. You know, like when you're yeah. young, you care what people say or what they think, or, you know, I've had people judge my resume or make me think twice. And, you know, I'm like, I, I tried a couple times to follow what other people were saying, but they're not in my shoes, living my life, knowing how I function or what. Yes. So that's why I've kind of come to that point now saying, this is what you got. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And if they don't like it, I'm okay with it because there are a lot of other people out there who do like it or who accept it. And I think it's the same way, but when you're early on in your career or coming out of school, like, yes, people are like, I want to be liked. I want to move up the ladder. I want to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, if, if people are authentic and stay true to who they are, it, it, it will come you know, full circle for them later. They just have to stay true to who they are and keep like grinding it out on the on the path that they think is right for them. Yeah, I think a lot of this that you're talking about is just it's important to know who you are and mm-hmm. what matters to you. And if it is that adventurous, trying new things, making sure that you are constantly challenging yourself, whether integrating your personal and your work and bringing it all together and being passionate about then like get after it and -hmm. if what's authentic to you is to find a place of stability where you know what you're doing every day you are comfortable with that like there's no there's no one right answer there's no like better or worse than career path or job it's just knowing what's authentic to you and what's going to serve you the best and how you want to show up and then just go for it hundred percent. And you could be 23 and say you want stability. And then you could be 50 and say, I'm throwing caution to the wind. I'm going to go consult in Paris and yes. the Olympic. I mean, trust me, there's different stages of life personally and professionally. So just because you're on one path doesn't mean you have to stay on that path. I love that advice so much. Like you evolve as a person too. And who your authentic self is evolves mm-hmm. as a person as you're going through life. Oh, I, okay, so we're talking about your authentic self. We're talking about your personal life into your work life and some stubbornness. And uh, you're also an athlete. You talked about playing uh, D1 athlete in undergrad. And you've had 10 surgeries, I think you told me, so far since last we talked. <laughs> I don't know if you've had more since then. Shout out um, to hospital for special surgery. I know they're not sponsoring this podcast. Yes. They literally have uh, pieced me um, together um, and have allowed me to still still try to be an athlete. Yes. And so as an athlete and still competing as an athlete and being part of uh, still playing water polo, still doing all this work, doing other things now too. um, I'm curious if you talk about both. All right. This is two part question. Both. Like how do you keep being an athlete while you are doing this high level intense, like we talked about evenings, weekends, all around, you know, time all around the world, traveling job that you are doing right now with uh, Athletes Unlimited. And secondly, and order answer whichever order you feel like, how do you feel like your athlete mindset has helped you working in the male dominated world of sports? So let's we'll tackle the first one. So I have learned, and again, this is something that I did not always do well. I have learned to put myself 
first. Um, and so there's this funny quote, and there's times that I've said it to my mom and dad and they laugh at me, but the quote is, and I apologize that I do not know who said this, but you cannot pour from an empty cup. And so I'm all, I have finally said, like, I'm going to make sure I'm going to fill myself up so that I can do my job and be there for others, both, you know, professionally and personally. And so it has been me making it a priority and kind of rearranging things. So I am up very early. I'm at the gym, you know, and trust me, before I hit the gym, I'm checking emails, checking texts, see what came in, if anything's urgent, you know, hit the gym. As soon as I'm done at the gym, sometimes in between sets. And again, it's sometimes it's not a good thing because I'm telling you I'm trying to fill my cup and I should be worrying about me. <laughs> sets, I'm checking emails or seeing, you know, who's slacking a message or needs something because I want to make sure that I'm also, you know, passing the puck and getting people information, you know, what they need if it is urgent. Um, and then I come home and I'm ready to take on the day because I took care of myself, cleared my head, got myself energized. And then there's times like, you know, at the end of the day, whether it's going for a walk or, you know, going to the driving range or going to play water polo or swim, like I still try to fit those in. But it has been hard. I mean, as soon as I was out of college, the last thing I wanted to do was work out when you had doubles or three a days. And sometimes I thought my workout was just, you know, sprinting from Grand Central to Times Square. And sometimes that is a workout. In <laughs> but it did take kind of like refocusing, reprioritizing and making sure not only for the health of like, you know, <laughs> my beat up shoulders, but like mentally as well to like make sure that I'm taking care of myself before I do anything else. Um, in terms of the athlete mindset, I'm still very competitive. I can power walk next to you across the street trying to personally beat you because there are times that I'm like, you know, dodging into, you know, New York sidewalk traffic. Um, and my mom, again, I'll bring my mom up again. She's like, Nicole, like, you're too old to be an athlete. That's what she tells me. She's like, you need to do like Netflix and chill. And it is something that I think has served me well, because I am competitive, I am stubborn, but I am also the one that's not going to give up. Like something can be hard, but I'm going to still grind it out, figure it out and see how I can make it a success, whether it's like me personally for the team that I'm on, for the organization. Um, and through that, I'm currently with Athletes Unlimited, as you mentioned, but I, um, I work on special projects. So sports betting the metaverse, NFTs. I handle our Tops trading card partnerships. Um, I handle our Nike partnership. Um, they run the gamut from, you know, different categories. But I was not a sports betting expert over a year ago when that, you know, landed on my plate. I had to sit there. I had to learn. I, it's almost like reviewing plays or, you know, kind of going back to college where you're sitting there being like, all right, I have to learn this and figure this out. And sports betting in itself is a very male dominated um, industry. So to sit there and prove yourself so that you're not the only female on a call and then you say something wrong, like if you don't know what odds are, you know, the over under, you know, like you have to really sit there and make sure that you're buttoned up more so as a female 
in that kind of setting so that people aren't laughing and like, oh, she's just a girl. She doesn't know what she's talking about. So that kind of competition, that work ethic, like that has helped me tackle some of these intimidating areas um, and not shy away from them, which I'm thankful for because some of these areas I'm in are what's new and emerging in sports right now. Anything from sports betting and metaverse and NFTs. I mean, if you asked me a year ago if we were going to be in the metaverse, I would say the meta what? So um, kind of embracing that challenge um, and not being scared has allowed me to touch different areas of business that I never thought I would have. I love it. I think there's so much to be said as women to have been participating in sports at an early age, but then to still like still you're still an athlete. Like, are you playing division one water polo anymore? Nope. Are you still playing water polo? despite all of your surgeries and shoulders, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, and even if you're not playing water polo, you're still bringing all that athlete mentality with you and all that you learned and your tenacity and your never give up, like your don't quit attitude. You still bring all of that with you. You still get to be an athlete, whether you can, you know, play your sport or not. Maybe you're shifting into new sports. Maybe you are just bringing it onto competitive sidewalk <laughs> racing in New York City. And I just think it's important and it's so awesome to have had that experience and to bring that into what you do now. Um, I think it's I think it's really interesting. You see so many women CEOs and women leaders and how many of them were athletes. Mm-hmm growing up and how important it is you lost a game that didn't mean like if if I lost a water polo game doesn't mean I'm hanging up my suit or if I played poorly that didn't mean I was like um it's over I'm gonna retire I mean you you're like all right what am I going to do better the next time or how am I going to get after this or you're more you know you're more excited to kind of like face those failures and those challenges and I feel like sports gave me a backbone. It gave me a voice. And I said it, you know, in the beginning, I've had, I've taken a lot of no's and I've embraced the no's now. It's almost now like I'll take the no, I'll figure out why it was a no. And then I'm on to the next, like you can't necessarily dwell and really sit in that. You're like, all right, pivot again. Like I said, ultimate pivoter. It's like pivot onto the next, you'll prove them wrong. You know, you'll prove them wrong and right the next time around. Cause I do believe in karma. And it's like, if somebody didn't believe in you, like you need to believe in yourself and then trust me, there'll be a time when they look back and they, they say, Hey, I know I didn't hire you that one time. Like I have a job opening or, Hey, what about that? Like it all sports is so small that the world literally is ancestral sometimes. And <laughs> People will cross paths and move and shake. And it's like, that's why I say, like, be a good person, be authentic, be who you are and stay true to who you are, because people will notice that and know that you didn't waver for something. And again, you're going to be told no, if you can stomach that, you know, and then move on. Like, that's where that athlete mentality, I think, really has paid off, because if I didn't learn you know, the good and the bad and the ugly of sport. Um, I don't know if I would have been able to handle the business world um, as gracefully as I think I have so far. Yeah, no, I think that's really powerful advice. And so much with that, you know, we we were talking in the beginning about almost like that 
failure, that fear of trying new things. And sometimes it doesn't work out and that's okay. And you're pivoting and you're making the next choice and you can change again and you might get told no, but as that athlete mentality, you have won games and you have lost games and you're still fighting. You're still going to keep playing and trying to get better. And, you know, those no's can give you some information and it might be that this isn't the right time. This isn't the right place. Those people are just going to miss out. That's too bad on them, but <laughs> I'm going to keep doing my thing. And it, you have to find a way to not make that personal, that you are a failure, that you are the one being getting the no. It's just that that time, that place, that proposal, that work wasn't a fit. You've got better things to do. Let's keep cracking. A hundred percent. And things happen for a reason. And that no could lead you to somewhere that you're you're sitting there saying, wow, I'm so happy that was a no because now I got to do X, Y and Z. And I learned this or I grew from this or it, it led me on this different fork in the road. Um, so trust me, there have been times I thought I wanted something so badly. I got the no and then something else opened up and you sit there going, oh, thank goodness. So it's a, trust me, the world in general is a weird and winding place and everyone's, you know, career is going to do the same as long as you don't sit there and take it personally, as long as you don't sit there and think that that defines you. Yes. um, There's so much more ahead and there have been times I dwelled in something when I look back, I'm like, goodness, I wish I had, you know, those minutes back because that was a waste. Yes. Uh, Okay. Very powerful advice. I love this. All right. So I ask everyone, um, what particular challenges have you faced in your career? What things have you had to overcome or what things do you still struggle with today? I mean, in the sports world, yes, there are times if, you know, I have been working with the NFL on something or the NBA, people will say, well, how do you know? Like you didn't play, you know, or like, do you fully know what's going on in the locker room or in the huddle? Like if we're doing some sort of strategy or activation or how to implement an athlete experience. Um, So to sit there and say like, Hey, like I've been around this, like, let me look at this from a different perspective and let's add value together. Um, So sometimes always trying to have to prove yourself or um, sit there and have so much pressure on yourself to be overly buttoned up um, so that you are taken seriously or so that you know what you're talking about. Um, That's something that will always I mean, back to the sports betting piece, like I'm not an expert, but I'm constantly asking questions and listening to podcasts and reading and seeing what else is going on. Um, But I've also come to that point where I'm not going to not ask a question for fear of looking dumb because then I'm not going to be doing justice to myself or, you know, the agency or team or the, the client that I'm working with. So it's also been the, okay, I've learned as much as I can. If I don't understand something, I do need to raise my hand and kind of get rid of that taboo of, oh, a girl's asking a question. She doesn't know what she's, you know, what she's talking about or, you know, having somebody reply and kind of dummy it down. So I've come to that point where learn as much as I can, but know that I have like a good support system if I need to ask a question and then know that I'm also sure of myself to be okay to raise my hand and ask that question, even if the response back is sometimes not positive. 
Um, that that's been a big one. And then the other, the other one is, especially in business, being assertive versus being a bitch. Yeah. Is my friend. <laughs> but it's like, I could sit there and say like, nope, we need to do X, Y, and Z. And there could be some people who are like, oh, she is so mean. And it's like, am I? No, like, I'm just, I'm kind of pointing it. Like girls sometimes think, or females think they need to like giggle or laugh or say it, you know, nicely or, you know, ask, can they do this instead of just doing it? So, um, you know, I've had those moments throughout my career where I was, you know, hesitant or, you know, the way that I would phrase an email so that it sounded much nicer when in gen- I literally just need somebody to do something. Um, so again, it, it's an evolving process, but you do sometimes have that out in the world and I don't play the like female card. I'm all about you are who you are. Just do a good job. You could be a man, woman, yellow, pink, purple, you know, tall, short, just be a good human and do a good job. And, and that's how I, you know, I judge being with good people and being successful. And there are times that I would have to say, well, if I was a man, would, would it be okay if I said it this way? And I hate doing that. So those have been my challenges because I literally just want to be taken as a good person who's doing their job well and not having you like sit there and say, oh, but she's a female. Just be like, no, she's a she's a rock star employee or she cares or this or that. Yeah. So those have been challenges that still bleed into, you know, my life here and there where I do have to sit there and try not to take it personally because it's not me it's it's on that person who's reflecting it back but when needed I do sometimes have to put it in check and say but if I was a male would it be okay if I did this yeah, yeah. so th- those still irk me because um there are some amazing females in sports and entertainment and just in finance in certain quote-unquote male-dominated industries who who don't, you know, jump on the table and stomp their feet and scream, I am a woman and look at what I do. They just do their job and they do it well. And I think, you know, we need to sit there and say, okay, it's almost 2023. Like we kind of have to stop. Like men could be in fashion, women could be in sports, you know, men and women can be in tech. Like we just kind of have to sit there and just say like, we're all humans. Let's be, let's be good people at this point and help people be successful personally and professionally. Yeah. It, that can be such difficult things to work against as a woman, probably anywhere, but especially in the male dominated fields of that assertive versus bitch, you know, mm-hmm. are you smiling enough? Are you being friendly enough? Where it's yeah. like, I, I, like I, when was the last time anybody ever told a man to smile more in the office? like literally ever, you know, I think that we need to organize like a huge, everybody like goes into work one day and we all ask the men in the office to smile more. Like, why aren't they smiling? They should smile more and just see what happens. It'd be just a fun social experiment. They would be like, that girl's crazy. (laughs) Yes. All right. What particular triumphs have you had in your career? What things are you really proud of? I mean, I've been very lucky um, to be a part of some amazing, you know, events and games, um, both sports and entertainment from, you know, all sides. I honestly, the big triumph is just like listening to myself, like when people questioned the consulting 
bit that I went on because I really kind of wanted to figure out, I knew team side wasn't for me. And I was at this crossroads and I took the opportunity to consult and take project work. Um, and I'm very, very happy I did. I always thought I was a great networker, um, but this really made me embrace the nose, be okay with like fear and not knowing what's next. But it really opened up my toolbox with different things that I could do that I would have never been able to. Anything from event production and operations to strategy, you know, client management, athlete management, some of those things that um, I learned back then, um, I still kind of bring to the forefront today, depending the situation. So it's kind of an overarching triumph, but I actually stopped listening to people tell me this is going to look bad on your resume or this doesn't look like, you know, you're loyal or that, you know, you're committed. Um, and I stopped listening to that because I'm, you know, I'm loyal to a fault and very committed to something and give my all, this was just the best path for me. And I didn't have to do the quote unquote traditional path that somebody told me was the right way. I love that so, so much. I think like we've been talking about this whole time that being authentic to yourself, listening to yourself and prioritizing you and what you want and what will serve you over fitting into other people's norms, some sort of patriarchal norms of this is what a good resume looks like. Like, no, that's what maybe your old white man resume looks like if it's good. But like my resume for me, for Nicole, this is what a good resume looks like for me because here's what I'm going to get out of it. Right. And it's okay to be selfish and sit there and say, like, no, this is what's good for me right now. Like I'm the one that goes home, you know, to myself every night. I'm the one that wakes up to myself. Like I know what I need to be successful. I know what I need to be a good person. Like, so at the end of the day, I had, again, men and women both question, you know, my resume. Um, And when I look back at it, I'm like, no, I did some cool shit. Or now I look at some of those people who told me like, you need to be committed to one place. And I now look and they're bouncing around and I'm like, see, don't judge because it will come back. Awesome. Okay. So, I mean, you've already had a ton of advice for folks, but I always ask, so we'll finish off. Last question. What career advice do you have for other women? I mean, I can rattle off everything we kind of went through, but I mean, who like, and again, women do it all the time. They care what people say or, or those comments sometimes can get to them, but who cares what people say, like, and do what you want to do. If it's something that doesn't fit in with, you know, what your family thinks, your friend thinks, the industry you're in, like, who cares? Like be at the end of the day, like be happy. And yes, I'm not having somebody like be, you know, irrational and quit their job and like have nothing, you know, set up. on. (laughs) But like, if you have a great family, I mean, don't send your parents after me. But if you have a great family and you're like, hey, I need like six months. I want to figure it out or I want to write a book or whatever it is, like sit there and do something that scares you. Because at the end of the day, I think it will start becoming contagious where you will enjoy that feeling and you're going to keep trying it. You're going to be like, I like being uncomfortable. So do something that makes you uncomfortable. Do something that scares you because it will open up your eyes and your brain 
in ways that you wouldn't imagine. I mean, I, I took off, took up golf. I mean, here I was like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> at first I was like, God, this is the worst sport ever. <laughs> you literally are thinking you're in your head thinking and there's so much quiet. And again, being in New York city, there's never a moment of being, you know, quiet. And so I had to sit there and kind of like learn new tactics and it, it, worked a different side of my brain. And I was terrified. I was mortified. Nobody wants to go out there and be like, yeah, I was a division one athlete. And now look at me with this. <laughs> I, I do think that like through everything else that was said of like being authentic and networking and getting back up and embracing nose. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's be uncomfortable. I think that's so much better than being complacent. Um, and that it's okay to evolve and grow outside like the circle that you thought you were in, whether it's friends or colleagues or the industry, like it's, it's okay to shake things up, um, you know, and kind of like take account of what you're looking for in your life. Cause sometimes you catch yourself and you are stagnant. So um, I'm all about shaking things up <laughs> sometimes for the good, sometimes for the better. So, um, but yeah, shake, shake things up and do something that you normally wouldn't do and, and see what comes of it. I love it. This has been awesome. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, for sharing your story, for sharing some really insightful advice. This has just been awesome. Thank you so much. And Dr. Scott, thank you. I appreciate you. (laughs) Shout out to Dr. Scott. We're we're coming for you, Daphne. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Madam Athlete Podcast. I really enjoyed talking to Nicole Pollock in today's episode, and I imagine so many of us women working in sports can relate to the benefits of having been an athlete and continuing to bring that mental attitude with us into our work. Now, I record these episode intros and outros after I record the interviews, and let me tell you, I am still thinking about our discussion on how sometimes it's easier for us to jump into new things when we're younger or earlier in our careers, but as we get further along, it just seems to get harder and harder to do that. I jumped into creating this podcast, and let me tell you, that was not easy. It might look different now that we're 114 episodes into this whole thing, but jumping off the ground, getting started, doing this whole new venture, it was scary and difficult and like a stumbling around mess but it worked and here we are and it's been incredible. So I want to know when was the last time you jumped? What did it look like? How did it feel? And where did you land? Share a story on social and tag me on Instagram at the Madam Athlete, or you can also find me on Facebook and Twitter at Madam Athlete. And I, I'm just so curious. So share your jump and let me know. And as always, thanks for being here. I appreciate you.